And we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live, our post-game coverage from Paris and Shenzhen on this final Tuesday in October. Three days complete at the WTA Finals, two complete at the final Masters 1000 event of the year. We welcome you inside the Rocket Tennis Channel Studios with the Hall of Famer Tracy Austin and Jimmy Arias. I'm Brett Haber. It's always great to see Jimmy. How are All you, right. see? Uh, you deserve one. <laughs> that, thank you. Just That's the first time ever because everyone loves Tracy. We love it's when true. you come out here from Florida. It's all good. It's we not fair. Stories. I like when you said Hall of Fame Tracy Austin and Jimmy Aries, even though I'm very far away from that Hall of Fame. Uh, I, we could reverse it and say your name first and then and Hall of Fame. I just You're in the like Hall the of Fame of our hearts, Jimmy. That's all that matters. Uh, you just saw Sasha Zverev take care of business in Paris. We want to circle back to the first match in the night session at Bercy. That's because that's the one that featured Mr. Automatic, a.k.a. Daniil Medvedev. We call him Automatic because he's made six finals in a row. He was not Automatic today. No, and he actually he had won 18 sets in a row. And the first set, he made it look easy. He made it look straightforward in routine, all the way to when he broke Shardy in the 10th game. But it was midway through the second set that he started getting chirpy with his group and support team. And Shardy really upped the level of his game. A little more aggression, found the corners with the forehand, and it paid off. So many break point opportunities for Medvedev. He would be one for 15 in the match for a guy who's four in the world and red hot on fire. That was surprising. And there, Shardy gets the break in that forehand early and on the rise. And could he handle the pressure? 32-year-old Frenchman, big opportunity for him to come up with a monstrous win. And of course, there would be a challenge. There would be a little bit of a delay for the full celebration, but finally it came through. Shardy had lost 10 straight matches against top 10 opponents, but he gets one today in front of the home French crowd against the hottest player in the sport. A lot of break opportunities for this match uh, for Medvedev, and he really couldn't convert. Look, I'm not happy any. with some of the things I saw from Medvedev today, starting with challenging the call that was this far out on match point. He sort of took a little bit of the muster away from Shardy at the end of the match. He acted. I've been waiting for a villain for years to come back on the tour from the McEnroe-Connors <laughs> days. He was our was, guy at the U.S. Open, He right? was our guy at the U.S. Open, but then he sort of got his way out of it, and eventually the crowd was cheering for him against Nadal because of the effort he put forward. He acted badly enough today with his box and with everything that I saw that he could be the man that's the villain on the ATP tour. And I tell you, it doesn't take much for the French crowd to turn on you, particularly when you're playing a Frenchman. And they got on him, and that kind of fueled the fire. He was, I think he might be showing a little fatigue because he right. played so many matches. He was looking for a 60th win, which is incredible, and his 46th or 47th on hard court. So he's had a, a phenomenal year, particularly since uh, the beginning of the summer. But it might be starting to weigh on him. Well, I think it's weighing on him mentally, not so much physically. Physically, he seems like he could have run all day. He can run all day somehow. Blessing in disguise, though, right? Much. I mean, he need, going into the ATP finals, this isn't the worst thing in the world for him, right? It's not the worst thing. No, he, he can use the break. Yeah, I actually said that at the end that I think his team, they would be, it would be very good for them to tell him, hey, you needed, you didn't need any more matches. Now you've got the extra time to kind of slow down. And I think, Jimmy, you made the point. It's not just physically. It's the mental fatigue of playing so many matches. With the loss, we are guaranteed of keeping Medvedev at number four and Roger Federer at number three in the rankings as we head into the ATP finals in London. So that was the deal uh, in Paris this evening. We'll get back there, but we want to go to the WTA finals in Shenzhen. That woman was not expected to play in this tournament. That's Kiki Burton.
Burton's an alternate subbing in for Naomi Osaka today who came up lame with a shoulder injury, guys. That was disappointing, obviously. We were looking forward to the Barty Osaka match, but Kiki Burton, Burton's has had an amazing year. 55 wins this year, most on tour. She's 8-3 against top tenors. She wasn't as used to the conditions as Barty, so she got off to a little bit of a slow start. Lost the first set 6-3, but drop half volley winners and all kinds of great stuff for Burton's in that second set. She wins at 6-3 and jumps out to a quick four-love lead in the final set. And looked as though she was cruising, but give Ash Barty a little bit of credit. She wasn't quite done yet. From four-love down, here she is getting one of the breaks back at 5-3, even though we see a winner from Burton's party will hold serve and force Kiki Burton's to serve out the match, and she does it in style. Talking one, about two fatigue. Punch. I mean, she's got to be on scene. She's played seven consecutive weeks. Eighth top 10 win of the year for Burton's. Here she is on the alternate triumph. Just a great atmosphere. It's nice to be here. First time in Shenzhen, but I think the atmosphere is really nice. And um, it's just the last tournament of the year, so I'm trying to give her all the energy that's still left in me. Amazing that she has any energy left in her. This was the late singles match. Belinda Benchich looking for her 10th top 10 win of the year, taking on the 2011 champ, Petra Kvitova. Yeah, and Belinda Benchich knew coming into this match that if she lost, she would be eliminated. And she hits the ball so early, on the rise, open stance backhand, very difficult to tell where she's going to hit. Kvitova, a few too many double faults in that first set. But as Kvitova can do, she can flip the switch immediately. And so many winners off her racket in the second set. Early take back, early return from Bencic, and she gets the break and serves it out beautifully. Just looked like it was so easy for her. Remember, she clinched the eighth spot just in the last tournament by winning in Moscow. Acing Burton's out, so that was the race for those two for the eighth spot. Ten double faults for Kvitova in the match. Tenth top ten win of the year for Bencic. So here are the updated standings as we hit the halfway point of the round robin. Bencic and Barty are both one and one, so they're tied atop the red group. Bear in mind that Burton's at 1-0 controls her own destiny. She can get in if she wins in the third stage. Halep and Svitolina posted wins on Monday, so they're atop the purple group. But can we circle back to Kiki Burton's for a minute? Less than 24 hours notice, she comes in from Zhuhai where she made the final, plays the number one player in the world and wins on no notice. Unbelievable what Kiki Burton's has been going through. As I mentioned, seven consecutive weeks trying to clinch that last spot. Disappointment in not getting it and then goes to Zhuhai, plays the final, loses to Sabalenka in the finals on Sunday. What is it, about a half an hour flight to Zhuhai? Barely, it's just a, just a shuttle ride. Yeah, but still, she said yesterday she only hit about five or 10 minutes. She was so fatigued and then gets the late notice, you're in. Put me in, coach. And so she said it took her a while to get used to the court that first set became more aggressive. And even though Osaka's out, that's a feel-bad story. This is a feel-good story for Burton's. It's nice to see Kiki Burton's get in. She wanted to get in. And I think in some ways maybe it helped her that she didn't know she was going to play. She didn't think she's going to play. She just showed up and, wait, I'm in the draw. I'm going to play a match. <laughs> you know what she made for getting in and then winning one match? As an alternate, she would have made like 100 grand. 600 grand for the participation fee plus the one match win Good in the round robin. Kiki. Drinks are on Kiki, soccer. right? That's exactly. Dinner. Here's the uh, schedule for tomorrow as the red group gets back after it. Uh, we'll talk more about Pliskova and Andreescu later in the show. What about Halep and Svitolina? Tracy, neither of them.
particularly offensive players. What's, what's the tipping point in this match? I tell you, we're going to expect a lot of long points because, as you said, they don't have tremendous power, really rely so much on their defensive skills, uh, really outmaneuvering their opponents, and the court is playing slow, and that's why I think Svitolina and Halep won those first matches. Halep has not played a lot of tennis in the last three months, so it was a remarkable for win for her to come through against Andrescu. Just a lot of fun to be able to watch that match. Whoever, I would think, wins that, is this fair to say mathematically, would go through? Yes, that's yes. An, that is an okay. automatic. It's a answer. little difficult to play someone with your same style, and these two have the same style. They're counterpunchers. They like to use your pace against them. They're not going to have that opportunity because no one's throwing pace their way. So it, it should be a long, tough grind and come down to a couple of points. Do bear in mind, Svitolina riding a seven-match win streak at the WTA Finals dating all the way back to 2017. Lots to get to on today's edition of TC Live. For cash, we'll chat with Rafa Nadal as he chases the year-end number one. Plus, in Paris, it was friend versus foe, or perhaps foe versus friend is a better way to put it. We'll show you the All-American Showdown when we come back. Back on TC Live and back to Paris. And here's that uh, friend versus foe, foe versus friend match we were talking about. Francis Tiafo against fellow American and good buddy Taylor Fritz. Paul Anacone coaching Taylor Fritz looking a little concerned. Here's why. Take a look. Second serve about 25 miles an hour. Oh. And then crushes a forehand winner. But watch him grab the knee. Something's not quite right. But he had a quick trip to the trainer and came back and was playing just fine. Won that first set in a tie break. Second set was all foe as he is a very streaky player, Francis Tiafa. When he's on, he's amazing. Sometimes he'll make a few unforced errors. Here he is serving to stay in the match at 4-5 in the third set, 30 all. A little bit of a nervous drop shot and now on match point. First ball error and Taylor Fritz has had a great season. He played, I was so impressed with him this year, the way he played every week on clay. He was really working on improving his game and it is paying off. And that win was a, a belated birthday present for Taylor, who turned 22 yesterday, and he and Cone and, and his physique. What, what Paul is just on the left side of this frame looks shocked to be having he a piece of cheesecake. He can't wait to eat that cake. So, would you take the photo already? There's cheesecake <laughs> here. Uh, by the way, Paul texted us and said that Taylor's knee is just fine. In fact, he played doubles with Alex Demonor later in the day, so don't worry about him physically. But uh, Jimmy says that, that Taylor should be pleased with this year. He had that great stretch in the summer where he made the three finals in like a six-week stretch. He did cool off in the fall. Do you agree should he be pleased with this year? 100%. I mean, it, I think he had no injuries, and he had he had knee problems a couple of years ago for for months that he had to deal with. So the fact that he's been fit, I think he's gotten stronger. I love the fact that he made that commitment to go play every week on clay. He does not like clay. With his game style, it was very difficult for him. And that's, I think it really helped him throughout the year. Sharapova did that a few years back, mm -hmm. and that really kind of broadened her horizons and improved her game. I love his commitment overall. I think it's I, been a fantastic year. I actually, he made the finals in Memphis his first year out here yep. as a teenager. Lost and, a K. And they were talking about, he, this guy's going to be great. And I remember thinking, I don't think he moves well enough to be mm -hmm. at the very top of the game. But he has improved that movement quite a bit. I mean, he's still not all the way to where perhaps he needs to be to be in the top five or ten in the world. But he's getting close. And if he can work on the mid-court game and the volleys, 
and Anacone should be a great He's the guy for that. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Anacone never hit a ground stroke in his entire <laughs> life on the tour. Just <laughs> bump and charge. And so he's got to get, obviously, not that style for Taylor, but improve that part of his game. Interesting match for Taylor in round two as he takes on Stefano Tsitsipas. We'll have that for you on Tennis Channel and TC+. Flashing back uh, to 2018 last year in Paris, that was Corinne Hatchinoff, your champion in Bear Sea, before top 10 players, remember, en route to the title, saved match points against Isner and then beat Djokovic in the final. A career week 52 weeks ago for the Russians, so we fast forward to today. Hatchinoff beginning his defense against Jan Leonard Struff, and his defense was short lived. Yeah, Struff was playing extremely well. He had a huge return in the tiebreak to get that in the first set. Hatchinoff knew was going to come back strong. Really great competitor. But in the third set, Struff in the far court, he continued to be ultra aggressive. He's very successful in doubles, and he continued to put the pressure on Hatchinoff to try to come up with accurate passes. Struff moving very well. It's, it's terrific to see this German. He's really coming into his own now as a 29-year-old, really making some impact. He's had some top 10 wins before, but this was a big one, and Hatchinoff's chance to make it to London is now gone. In fact, with that loss, he will drop from number eight in the rankings to outside the top 15. So Hatchinoff one and done in his title defense. Earlier in the day, Alex Dimonor coming off the final 48 hours earlier in Basel, opening his run against Laszlo Jera. And Jera is a player that has had a great year on clay, but has only won three matches on hardcore. Dimonor at a career high number 18 in the world, coming off the final last week in Basel, losing badly in that final to Roger Federer. But this match, first set especially, all Dimonor gets down an early break but he's got tremendous wheels and spirit and fight. He's Leighton Hewitt helping him out. He plays a little bit like Leighton Hewitt and eventually got control of the second set as well. Triple match point, finishes it with a beautiful forehand winner. So Demon are now 15 and four since the start of Cincinnati. He'll play Bautista Agut, number 10 in the world in the second round. And he gives us a little demon, which is doubly appropriate Halloween coming in a couple days. Congratulations to the young Aussie. So here are your feature matches in Paris tomorrow. Do take note that that Fritz Tsitsipas match going to be mostly on TC Plus as we bring you the WTA Finals action. What other match here has your attention, Trace? Uh, Joe Wilfred Songa, Berrettini, because Berrettini trying to maintain that eighth spot. So it's not just about that one match. It's about London, and that's what makes it, uh, to me, so suspenseful. Calling an upset with Milos Raonic against Dominic Thiem. Whoa. And Raonic playing pretty well in his first match. I like his chances. We will keep Jimmy honest on that prediction tomorrow. When we come back, Prakash has a chat with that man. Stay with us. It has been a rather productive summer and fall so far for Rafa Nadal. He won the U.S. Open, he got married, and as of next Monday, he'll reascend to the number one ranking. At age 32, Rafa back to the top of his powers. He stopped by for a chat with Prakash. Rafa, lovely to see you here in Paris. First, congratulations on the wedding. Did you have a little bit of time to celebrate or just back straight to work? No, not much. I know I had time before, before, before the... The wedding. And after the wedding, it's time to be back on the tour, and here I am. Uh, excited to be back in in this amazing city and playing here in in Paris again. So let's see if I'm able to to make something good here. 
It was a pretty emotional U.S. Open. You put yourself through a lot mentally and physically. Have you recovered nicely from there? Yeah, take it a while, of course. Mentally and physically have been a uh, very demanding that final. But uh, yeah, I think I, I recovered well. I, I am uh, passionate and excited to be back on the tour. And everybody knows that this city is so special for me. So even if I was not able to win ever here in Bercy, but it's a, it's a place that I know very well. So I hope to be ready to play very well. And Rafa, just a question on the indoor <coughs> tennis. You missed London last year. Now, being here, is it a little bit easier on your body playing indoors than outdoors? No. No, no. no. I don't see. It. I really don't know. No, I don't see that the things are easier for the body playing here than outdoors. No, I... If you ask me, I prefer to play outdoors, <laughs> of course, but uh, but I like to play indoors. No, and my my game evolves to the to the direction that I think my my game can be more effective here in indoors. I need to to make that happen, uh, but I am confident that I can play well if I am healthy. I wish you a deep run, best of luck. Thank you. Thanks to Rafa and Prakash. We mentioned that Rafa will reclaim the number one ranking on Monday, but the year-end number one ranking is still up for grabs between him and Novak. Rafa does have the lead at this moment. But guys, this is this is not his traditional favorite time of year, is it? No, it doesn't seem like Rafa loves to play indoors as much as he does outdoors. I think because oftentimes indoor courts bounce lower and they're usually a little bit quicker as well. No, it's definitely the lowness of the bounce because mm. one of the things Rafa has that bothers everyone is he can hit it hard and high. And on this surface, it goes hard and sort of right in the strike right zone the for everybody. House. So. He's going to have to find a way to take time away, maybe take the ball earlier, flatten it out a little bit on this surface if he wants to have some great success. There isn't much in tennis that Rafa hasn't won. This tournament is one of them, and the ATP Finals is another one of them, both of them big indoor tournaments. Let's check out what the players are doing and saying on social media on this Tuesday. It's today's social net. Some exciting news for a member of the Tennis Channel family. Mark Knowles has been elected to the six-man ATP Board of Directors as of yesterday. Jimmy, that's a very big deal. Mark Knowles has done it all in tennis, hasn't he? He's been playing on the tour. He has coached a bunch of players. Marty Fish, Milos Raonicek, Sock recently, and now he's an ATP Tour Good Board. Pick. Good pick, and right he's got, guy. He's got a huge charity event coming up for uh, relief of his native Bahamas. We hope you'll support it. Tennis.com has a nice preview of tomorrow's match in Shenzhen between Andrescu and Pliskova. Tracy, what do you expect in that match? That'll be interesting because Pliskova has not been playing as well this fall. A little bit of a lull for her and for Andrescu. She had a rare loss against Halep the other day. She's barely lost this year, and I think that one really hurt her. And Drescu, for me, I, I still pick her as one of the top two of the favorites here because I just love the way that she plays with so much variety. She's got power. She's got feel. Um, she's got great returns, great serve, mental toughness. Uh, I think that she'll be able to bounce back. I'm picking her. What she said oh. is basically <laughs> what I was thinking. And Drescu is sort of the next player to me where she has it all. She has the variety that you don't normally see. And mentally she's so tough or at least she has been so far in her career suddenly thrust into big matches and it doesn't phase her in any way her first grand slam final no problem you see a lot of players first time they're in the grand slam final there's a little bit of nerves mm -hmm. and the greats don't have that i think she could be one of the greats a doubly important match because Pushkova and andrescu both lost yesterday so whoever loses that match tomorrow likely out of the knockout round Who's going to get the rocket shot of the day? It's one of these players will answer that question and set the stage for tomorrow when we come back.
Back on TC Live, rocket shot of the day is going to go to Corinne Hatchinoff. The defending champ is no longer defending, but he's in the far court here, guys. Yeah, he actually had a tough draw against Strew. Strew played a very solid match. He's been good all year. Here it is, middle of the third set. Hatchinoff showing you he's not just got power. He's got speed, and he's got a little bit of feel as well as he flicks the cross-court back in. Winner wasn't quite enough. I actually almost thought the rocket shot of the match should have been the match point for Stroop when he hit an overhead from behind the baseline, 300 miles an hour, right in the corner, showing you... Under pressure. Under pressure. Uh, no not, not sure he meant it to be that close to the baseline, okay, but uh, whatever. Uh, let's use the UTR to check out one of the matches from tomorrow in Paris, and we're going to look at Fabio Fonini and Denis Shapovalov. Fonini is ranked higher. As you mentioned, he'll be back in the top 10 next Monday. But trending U UTR, Tracy, goes to Shapo. Yeah, and that's usually the one, I think, that, that wins out. It's Shapovalov, who won in Stockholm its first title. He got to the semifinals in Chengdu as well. For Fonini, he won Monte Carlo, hasn't been past, I think, the quarterfinals mm -hmm. since then. So he's slowed down a, bit, a little bit, and Shapovalov... Since this way. Yeah, since Shapovalov got Mikhail Yuzhny as mm -hmm. a coach, it has made a big difference. He's not making as many errors. It looks as though he's figuring out how to play points. For most of his career, he's just a shot maker. He just hits shots. And all of a sudden, Yuzhny was a guy that was obviously thinking, except when he hit himself in the head and <laughs> was awesome. leading. Other than that time, he's normally a thinker on the court, and I think he's getting that to Shapovalov. Should we all do a Mikhail Eugenie salute as he used to do every time he would, he was like one of these yeah, Benny Hill exactly. salutes that he would do. Uh, so we'll see Shapo and Fonini tomorrow. That'll be on TC plus one extra tweet before we go. This comes from uh, uh, our buddy Damian Cust who notes that if Jack Sock loses his match tonight in the Charlottesville, Virginia challenger, Jack, who was top 10 two years ago, will be completely unranked guys. Yeah, I was looking at his, his, Results from this year, I don't think he's won a match except That's, for at Labor Cup. Yeah, and there's no points for that. No, yeah. and, the, and two tournaments that he's played after that were, were challengers, and I was paying close attention to those, and he got a bye in both of those and then lost second round. He does have a top 10 win. Fognini. Yeah, just no, don't get any have, points for it. One win, but how does a guy win. in the top 10 a couple of years ago not have another win the entire year? I know it's the thumb, but still when you come back from that, yeah. his game is too big, his serve, his forehand, his athleticism too good to not have a win. We hope he gets a fresh start in 2020. As we remind you one more time of the matches you'll see tomorrow from Paris. A bunch of those will be on TC+. Good day to double screen it because all the big guns are in action tomorrow. It is in Roundish team to start things. That to me is going to be a blockbuster match. Sissy Paz, Taylor Fritz. I love seeing the youngsters playing each other. It should be a great day. All right, so that all starts at 5 a.m. Eastern. Of course, all the action from the WTA finals in China as well. Stage two of the round robin wraps up with Halep against Fidelina, then Andrescu against Pliskova. 6.30 a.m. Eastern coverage for that. Until then, for Tracy Austin, Jimmy Arias, and our entire Tennis Channel crew, I'm Brett Haver. We'll see you tomorrow for another day of Center Court.